We are in the middle of a um, sermon series out of the book of Luke and the journey of Jesus to the cross. And today we'll be reading from the book of Luke. I'll be reading uh, from chapter 9, starting in verse 28. This is often referred to as, as Jesus' transfiguration. And you'll see why in just a minute. And so um, I'll be reading out of our church Bibles. It looks like this. And in those Bibles, it is on page 832. But whichever Bible you're reading from, it's Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And I want to invite you, as you're able, wherever you are, to stand for the reading of Scripture this morning. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountaintop to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Peter and the others had fallen asleep. When they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make these shelters as memorials One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them, and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. Then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. When the voice finished speaking, Jesus was there alone. They didn't see anyone at that time. Uh, They didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. May God bless the reading of this word, and would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would take words that have been prepared and use them in our hearts and in our minds to encourage us, to strengthen us in our faith, to help us become more like Jesus, your Son. We pray these things in his name. Amen. You may be seated. So on Wednesday, uh, I shared a little bit of some of my self-care tricks that I like to, to do in my life. And I loved some of the things that were shared on the live chat. Micah Decker mentioned that for him, self-care includes Legos. How wonderful is that? Pearl Whitney mentioned music. Liz Wickman was even more specific than that. And I love this, Liz. Thank you. Rich Mullins, yes. The Richardsons talked about basketball. They mentioned basketball and baking, among other things. Charlotte Whited uh, shared running. And others of you shared other things as well. And I told you that an important part of self-care for me is music. Music has always played such an important role in, in my own kind of encouragement. I find it therapeutic to make playlists. Specifically, I told you about gospel. And yesterday, I binged on some gospel music as I was working on my playlist called Gospel. 
And at this point, I want to just let you know and invite you. I'm going to reference some gospel songs here in this sermon. And I, uh, I posted a blog this morning. So if you're on the website and you scroll down to the blog section, this morning's post is a blog with a link. It has all the songs that I'm going to reference here and a link that you can click to listen to that song on YouTube. Though I will warn you, it may take you away from the page you're on, so maybe put it in a new window. And, um, you know, if you want to go listen to those songs later, great. If you want to listen to some of those now, great. Because I think that that music is going to take you to church, all right? I love gospel music. I love the soaring vocals. They're just so powerful. I love that it's call and response. There's a singer and a choir, and they're, they're singing back and forth to each other. I love the hand clapping. I love the foot stomping. I can barely not dance uh, in my kitchen when I listen to it. I love that the choir belts out in response to and in harmony with the highlighted singer. I love that the organ enters in, but not always just to drive the song, but just little riffs that are like opening your soul to the truth of what's being poured out in that music. I just love it. I love the brass punches and the, and the rises and the falls. I love the way I get dancing. Should have seen me yesterday in my kitchen, or maybe not. Gospel music recognizes so many things. The themes and the truths speak to my soul that there's a difficult journey we're on in life. And we're on one right now. That the presence of God is right there, even if you don't see it. That God has a, 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 does miracles and has a mighty right hand. And the, the gospel music speaks of the provision of God. It speaks of endurance and perseverance that we can get through things together because we hold on to God's hand. Uh, And so yesterday, I added some songs to my playlist. I added the song, uh, maybe you saw this, and by the way, the songs are in order that I referenced them uh, on the uh, blog. I added the song, Rough Side of the Mountain, by Reverend F.C. Barnes and Reverend Janice Brown, from 1983. Some of these are going to feel like timestamps, okay, when you watch the video. But here's what they say. Oh Lord, I'm striving, trying to make it through this barren land. But as I go from day to day, I can hear my Savior say, trust me, child, come on and hold my hand. And then uh, Reverend Janice Brown, uh, she starts singing, and she, she sings, I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. I must hold on to God, his powerful hand. And I love there's this moment in this song where she's singing. And um, uh, Reverend Barnes says to her, he says, um, take your time and say it. That's all right. I love that line. Uh, And yesterday it spoke to me because there's so much urgency right now. And there's so much haste, uh, and so much um, get it done. And some of that is really important, uh, of course. It's important for our medical community. It's important that our policymakers are making decisions, smart decisions quickly, um, and our responses that can help keep people safe in an uncertain situation needs to be made in a timely manner. But urgency and this, this haste that we might be feeling 
is not as helpful in other places, like in our hearts or in our homes, as we adjust to all of this change. We can slow down. Take your time. That's all right. It's okay for us to take a breath, take a pause, center down. It's okay to take the time it might take to dust off our old compasses. I speak of those things in our lives that orient us and provide us direction in this new terrain. I know for me, my compasses are family, faith, Scripture, church, Jesus. How can these things guide me right now? I added another song uh, yesterday titled, Don't Let Nobody Turn You Around. Uh, I love that song. I got the one uh, on the blog by uh, Albertina Walker. She recorded it in Memphis, 1995. And this song um, inspired, because I think it's in the 1920s it was written, and inspired another song you may be familiar with, Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, which became a civil rights anthem in the 60s. Uh, one night, the good people of Mount Zion Baptist Church started singing it in 1962, and it just took off. And for that tune, I actually put uh, uh, my favorite version of that one by the Blind Boys of Alabama. They gotta be a gospel uh, uh, group with that name. But Walker's version, Don't Let Nobody Turn You Around, it says this, Don't let nobody turn you around. Keep your feet on solid ground. Friends may come, friends may go, but don't let nobody turn you around. There's one thing that you must know. Don't let nobody turn you around. They'll pick you up, they'll let you down, but don't let nobody turn you around. Keep your feet on solid ground. Don't let nobody turn you around. She's singing about faith. She's singing about the call of God. She's she's singing about loving God, loving neighbor. She's singing about the troubles that will come and people that will hurt us. She's singing about tribulations that will need to be endured. She's singing about uh, what it means to come to a loving God and to love people and don't let nobody turn you around. Oh, that song spoke to my heart, I'm telling you. I also added this song to my playlist yesterday. He's an on-time God. Isn't that great? By Dottie Peoples, 1998. He's an on-time God. You've got to listen to that one. Okay? You've got to. It says this. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And then the choir uh, jumps in. On-time God. Yes, he is. And then these words. Job said, he may not come when you want him, but he will be there right on time. I tell you, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And at one point, uh, Sister Dottie, who's singing, says this. She goes, uh, I'm going to need a witness now. And she says this. She sings, you can ask the children of Israel, trapped at the Red Sea, and that mean old Pharaoh and his army, they had water all around them. And Pharaoh on their track, you know what? From out of nowhere, God stepped in, 
and built the highway just like that. He is an on-time God. Yes, he is. You have to listen to that song. So I binged on gospel yesterday. I need to be reminded that God is not just kind of sovereign. God is all sovereign. I need to be reminded that Jesus is not just kind of there. He's all there. I need to be reminded that God's spirit does not just kind of empower us. We are empowered from God's full, unlimited riches. Hallelujah, amen. You can say that, by the way, to your computer screen. And as I listened to these songs yesterday, I imagined Jesus up on that mountain with Peter, James, and John. I I, I imagined him, and I, I saw them in my mind. And I wondered if maybe God led Jesus up that mountain in prayer so that Jesus and these disciples might get some gospel. Now, I don't mean that Patti LaBelle was up on the mountain, okay, or that Aretha Franklin was there. I don't mean that there was an organ or trumpets blasting up there with a full choir. That's not what I'm wondering or imagining, though that's pretty cool. I wonder if God led Jesus up the mountain in order to bring him strength and encouragement as he began his journey to Jerusalem and he gave them the themes and the deep truths that there's going to be a difficult journey and that the presence of God is right there, that God has a mighty right hand. He performs miracles. He gives provision and that Jesus would be given strength that it takes for endurance and perseverance. That's what I mean when I wonder about Jesus getting some gospel. And I wonder in that time of prayer if the Father maybe spoke with truths to him that we all need to hear. His eye is on the sparrow. Victory is mine. That's a good song. Go listen to that one too. You will never walk alone. I gave you two versions of that one, by the way. And I wonder if the Father is infusing into the Son the solid truths about this mission and the unchangeable reality of God's faithfulness. Well, whatever the Father said to the Son, Jesus becomes transfigured, shining with glory. And then suddenly he's talking with Moses and Elijah, these elders of God's people. And Luke tells us what they're say they're talking about Jesus' departure. Uh, our, our version uses the word exodus. The Greek word used there is the word exodus. They're talking about the exodus of Jesus. And what, are they, what do they mean? They're, they're talking about his death. How he would die. Where he would die. But the word exodus also means they were talking about the significance of his death what his death would mean, and what his death would do for God's people. Just like the blood of the Passover lambs in the days of Moses, that blood was was put on the door, the doorpost, and it was a means by which the children of Israel would be freed from the bondage of Pharaoh. Just like that, Jesus' blood would be the means by which God's people would be freed from the bondage of sin and death and evil. And Jesus' blood is still the means by which those things are true. Glory.
And as I listened to these songs yesterday, I, I imagine Moses and Elijah and Jesus and this conversation that they're having up there on the mountain. Jesus and this transfiguration. And maybe they were giving him some gospel too. Jesus needed to hear from the elders of his people. Moses telling Jesus that he's an on-time God. God's miracle may not come when you want it, but God will be on time. On time. Son of man, Moses, maybe he said, Son of man, I know what it's like to have the water up to your knees. But he's going to come and he's going to make a highway. Maybe Elijah gave Jesus some gospel too. Son of man, I know what it means to be tired and hungry and thirsty 40 days and 40 nights. I know what it's like to walk up the rough side of the mountain, son of man. And son of man, you will be pressed down, but keep the faith you have. You will find the strength to run this race. Maybe Elijah said to Jesus, son of man, it's time for you to set your face to Jerusalem and don't let nobody turn you around. I get goosebumps with that. I don't know if it's imagining, but I wonder about it. And there they are, the three of them, talking about Jesus' exodus. And then Peter, James, and John are off somewhere asleep. But Peter wakes up. They wake up. They see what's happening. There is their rabbi, glowing in glory, with Moses and Elijah. Can you imagine? And Peter's no fool. He knows that this is something special and amazing. This is like the Mount Rushmore of Israel. So Peter comes up with an idea. Doesn't even know he's saying it. Let's celebrate. Let's linger here for a while. This is wonderful. I don't want this to change. We're gathered together. And it's at that moment that the dark cloud fell over them. And they were terrified. Peter didn't know what he was talking about. Moses and Elijah were there to speak with Jesus about his death. That's a big change. They weren't there to celebrate. Jesus did not go up on the mountain to party. He went up there to get some gospel. He went up there to hear from God, to hear God's voice. That's why he went up there. They went up there to hear God's voice. That's why Moses went up the mountain Remember those stories? To go up there and hear God's voice. That's why Elijah went up the mountain too. Remember the, the still small voice? That's Elijah up on the mountain hearing from God. And now Jesus and the disciples are up on the mountain and God speaks there uh, to them as well. And this is what God says. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. It sure seems to me that we're in, need of, uh, we're in need of some gospel right now, too. It sure seems to me that we could use some gospel. These are extraordinary times. They're unprecedented. There's a lot of fear out there, and there's a lot of nervousness. There's uncertainty. There's frustration. We need a word from God. We need to hear from God right now. We need the good news of Jesus. We need to hear gospel words. We need to hear those words in prayer. We need to hear those words from our elders. We need to hear gospel words. 
And we need to claim our inheritance as gospel people right now. Because we are a people of hope. We bear fruit of patience and kindness and self-control. A promise from the Spirit. We have a shepherd who can hear us when we call. And we can call out to him. And when he speaks to us, we can hear him too. We have a teacher who guides us. And we have a Savior who rescues us. And he's on time. So that we can be uplifted even in unprecedented days. So yesterday, uh, I was dancing in the kitchen. And I um, made sure that you know, people were still sleeping. So uh, I wouldn't be mocked or videotaped. And I want to tell you the words I was listening to as I danced. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, my sins away, oh happy day. Oh happy day, oh happy day. He taught me how to watch and fight and pray, fight and pray, and live rejoicing every, every day. Would you pray with me? God, I have so many requests as I think about our church and the people that we call brothers and sisters here at Emmaus. I've read the prayer requests that come in and I've heard the prayer requests over the phone. I've heard them over video. Even as I run in uh, to people keeping distance but listening to them nonetheless hearing the requests that we have. And I ask right now, God, even when we don't have the words to pray, I ask your Holy Spirit would be lifting up our request to you right now, knowing that at the right hand of the Father is Jesus pleading for us on our behalf. May that image be burned into our minds in these days, God. And would you infuse into us, whether you use gospel music or whether you use other ways, infuse into our hearts, God, the rock bed reality of your faithfulness. For you do not sleep and you do not slumber. Empower us to be people of patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Help us to be people of love. I lift all these things up in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.